It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Notes podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hello, welcome. Today, Emma and I are going to go through our January book picks. These are the books that we are excited to be kicking off the year with. Emma, hello. Hi, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How are you on this fine Friday that we're recording? I am... Very happy that I have coffee and a candle, and we're recording and we're talking books. So it's going to be great. No better rest than a candle and coffee and getting to talk about books. Before we get talking about books, just wanted to remind everyone to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, follow us on social media Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are at ProBookNerds. Uh, and with that, let's dive in. We've got a lot of good books to pick from. There are so many books in January. So many. I know that it was a struggle for you and I to limit ourselves to only 10 apiece. (laughs) It was very difficult. When I was putting all of this together, I feel like I had a good 30 books that I then had to narrow down to 10. So do you want to kick us off? I would be happy to kick us off with my most anticipated book of perhaps all time, literally all time, and that is House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J. Mass. This is the third installment of the Crescent City series. I, well, I have no words for how much I'm looking forward to this book. I feel weird about talking about the plot just in case there are folks that would like to read this series but have not yet. So if you have not read this series yet and you do not want anything spoiled, please skip ahead until you hear Joe speaking again. (laughs) So that is your spoiler warning. I am giving a little bit of a snippet about what happens in book three. Major Sarah J. Mass. Spoilers ahead. Proceed with caution. Okay. So we pick up where we left off in House of Sky and Breath. If you've read it, you know that it was an absolutely jaw-dropping ending. So Bryce picks up in a world other than Midgard, a world that we are very familiar with. If you have read any other books, I'm actually realizing I don't want to spoil it for you, Joe, either. Anyways. I'll cover my it's ears. Just, I'm, like, I'm like, Joe. <laughs> Joe, take off your headphones. <laughs> take off your headphones. No, but anyways, we pick up with Bryce where we left off. You have to edit this, so you're going to hear it. Um, we pick up with Bryce where we left off at the end of House of Sky and Breath. Wow, that's a tongue uh, twister. And everything that she knows and loves is in Midgard, and she is not. 
So she's going to need all of her wits about her to get back to her home with these strange people that she's never met before. Who can she trust? And then we've got Hunt. He is in a really deep hole. He's in a really bad spot. And oh, guys, I'm so stressed about what's going to happen to Hunt. Uh, but he's in the Asteri dungeons and he doesn't know where Bryce is. And can you imagine the stress? I don't know that you can. Um, we don't know much more about this book other than it picks up where the last one left off and we see our characters in peril and we hope for the best. So I think this book is going to crush me. I am literally contemplating taking off work so that I can read this immediately. How many copies of this book have I ordered? Nobody really wants to know that because it's obscene. Uh, but yes, I will stop talking. Joe, please cut anything that was absolutely nonsensical. Uh, <laughs> House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J. Mass. I didn't even say when this comes out. It comes out January 30th. As the person who watched you, pre-order several copies of this book oh i was so pressed and like it was in july like i was refreshing joe saw like i was refreshing the pages there was a time that i also had several of those pages open (laughs) yeah i was like it's not working you try oh my gosh i can't get it um so i actually need to sit down and see how Actually, maybe I don't want to know. Maybe they'll just show up. I'll just be surprised. I'll be pleasantly surprised <laughs> by what arrives. Um, but I do also have this on hold, obviously, at my library, because what if all of the physical copies don't get to me quick enough? Because, you know, it's winter, the mail, it's such a hot title, they're not going to send it until probably release day. So, like, I would be quicker to just, like, get myself to a store. But um, so that's why we have the ebook. I can like it's on hold. Hopefully, top of the list, so that I'll have that to tide me over until my. Um, although actually, I read it on digital anyways because I don't like getting, I don't like ruining the spines. So that said, <laughs> you don't even you didn't just buy like a straight up reading version. I will probably have a reading version of the ones that I have ordered, but because I'll have to like wait to take inventory. I don't have time for that. So I will probably be reading this on my iPad. I mean, you don't no one cares for this specific device. But I'll be reading this in Libby. <laughs> so shock to no one, Emma is excited for the new Sarah J. Mass title that comes out in January. <laughs> in January. I promise I will be more articulate and less bonkers uh for the rest of my books. Well, and to be fair, we know nothing about it so far. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, there's really not much to say. And again, I know there are people that are waiting to read the series until it's more complete or because, you know, they're interested in other books by this author. And that's a lot of books. She has a lot of series and a lot of completed works. So I do try to tread a little bit lightly with spoilers, even though, you know, these things have existed in the world for a year plus uh, with the last book coming out. What was that? Last February. But again, like I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be the person that was like, oh, she ruined it for me. So yeah. That's fair. <laughs> no, that's fair. It's tricky. The, the great so. thing for me is you can't spoil it for me because I won't remember. <laughs> or, yeah, or if I do remember, 
I get more excited because I'm waiting for the review. Like truly there was a book I was, I finished this morning that at one point I was like, I need to know a little bit about this. And I went to the Wikipedia page and it revealed something I was not looking for at all. And so the whole time I was like, well, when does that happen? And what is the consequence? And when the reveal actually happened, it was so much better and different than anything I had thought it was going to be. So I was like, see, spoilers can't hurt me. <laughs> okay. but it's Not that they don't hurt in- others, but I am that no. person that they don't no, hurt but- me. But I was like, oh, wait, I don't want Joe to be ruined because I'm going to make you – make you. I'm <laughs> going to strongly implore that you There will be an episode at some point where I have to like tiptoe into it. Into your reactions to all of these Maybe books we should do like things. an Instagram live where I read – where I start reading it or you like – we do an episode where I read it and then – we lay, or we do like you make me read sections randomly on Instagram, and that that's, would be hilarious. And that's where I just go, "What?" And then because spoilers don't bother me, is when I'll be like, "Okay, now I have to read this." <laughs> well, and it's so funny because every time I'm like, "Oh, people, you need to read these books," and they're like, "Oh, can I just start with? Can I just read this one series?" And I'm like, "Well, you should just read all her books." Well, okay, cool. That's like fourteen books. That's a huge undertaking. Some of these books are a thousand pages. So maybe we'll have we'll have to figure out like what so okay. If you have suggestions, let us know which Sarah J. Mass books should I force Joe to read? How do we prioritize this? Folks in the know, how do we prioritize all of these books? I can't ask him to read 14 books. That's ridiculous. It send an so email long. to professional book overdrive.com. <laughs> Right. Okay. My first book. (laughs) uh, My first book also comes out on January 30th, and it's such a killer that two of our like very anticipated books are the end of the month. But this is The Invocations by Crystal Sutherland. Who am I if I'm not looking for a YA thriller? (laughs) So this is from the New York Times bestseller House of Hollow. It's a darkly seductive witchy thriller. Shocker that I wanted to read this. Though both men and demons lurk in the shadows, girls refuse to go quietly into the night. Three girls, one supernatural killer, on the loose. Zara Jones believes in magic because the alternative is too painful to consider, that her murdered sister is gone forever and there's nothing she can do about it. Rather than grieving and moving on, Zara decides she will do whatever it takes to claw her sister back from the grave, even trading in the occult. Jude Wolf may be the daughter of a billionaire, but she is also undeniably cursed. After a deal with a demon went horribly wrong, her soul has been slowly turning necrotic. It's a miserable existence marred by pain, sickness, and monstrous things that taunt her in the night. Now that she's glimpsed what's beyond the veil, Jude's desperate to find someone to undo the damage she's done to herself. Enter Emmer Byrne, an orphaned witch with a dark past and a deadly power, aka the solution to both Zara and Jude's problems. Though Emmer lives a hardscrabble life, she gives away her most valuable asset, her invocations, to women in desperate situations who are willing to sacrifice a piece of their soul in exchange for a scrap of power. Zara and Jude are willing, but they first have to find Emmer. When Emmer's clients start turning up dead all over London, a vital clue leads to leads Zara and Jude right to her. If a serial killer is targeting her clients, Emmer wants to know why and to stop them. 
She strikes a tenuous alliance with Zara and Jude to hunt a killer before they are next on the list, even if she can't give them in return what they both want most. So again, that is The Invocations by Crystal Sutherland out January 30th. This one looks so good. I would have put this on my list if it wasn't on yours, so I can't wait for this as well. It's going to be amazing. I think, to be fair, I stole it off your list. I <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, Joe. It's okay. <laughs> I said, no, this one's mine. <laughs> it is a very you pick. And speaking of picks that are very us, I think this next one fits the bill. My next pick is The Fury by Alex Michelides. This comes out January 16th. This is the author of The Silent Patient, which I feel like is several years old, but I still keep seeing recommendations for it. So it's the book that keeps on giving. But he is back with a new thriller. So this follows a reclusive ex-movie star and her famous friends. They go on a spontaneous trip to a private Greek island, and it is upended by murder. So a couple of things that I like in mystery. We have a remote luxury vacation. Uh, We have celebrities, and we have murder. So that's where uh, we pick up in the fury. This is a tale of murder, or maybe that's not quite true. At its heart, it's a love story, isn't it? Lana Ferrer is a reclusive ex-movie star and one of the most famous women in the world. Every year, she invites her closest friends to escape the English weather and spend Easter on her idyllic private Greek island. Can you imagine? And I tell you this because you may think you know this story. You probably read about it at the time, caused a real stir in the tabloids, if you remember. It had all the necessary ingredients for a press sensation, a celebrity, a private island cut off by the wind, and a murder. We found ourselves trapped there overnight. Our old friendships concealed hatred and a desire for revenge. What followed was a game of cat and mouse, a battle of wits full of twists and turns, building to an unforgettable climax. The night ended in violence and death, and as one of us was found murdered. But who am I? My name is Elliot Chase, and I'm going to tell you a story unlike any you've ever heard. So I do like that the description is even a little bit tongue-in-cheek to these types of tropes that we see in mystery and thriller. I also like that it's like, but who am I? XOXO Gossip Girl. So that is The Fury by Alex Michelides out January 16th. The cover is stunning. I will think of a new word for 2024 that's not stunning, but it is very captivating. It is very eye-catching. I will look up a thesaurus, but this cover fits the bill. What if we just started saying the words we use all the time in different accents? It's stunning. Let's just do that instead. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. We could very well. We could, indeed. (laughs) This book sounds so good, and that description is giving very much knives out. My next pick is My Fair Brady by Brian D. Kennedy, out January 23rd. It's My Fair Lady meets the classic teen film She's All That in this charming and swoony new rom-com from Brian D. Kennedy, author of A Little Bit Country. Perfect for fans of What If It's Us and She Gets the Girl. Wade Westmore is used to being in the spotlight, so when he's passed over for the lead in the spring musical, it comes as a major blow, especially when the role goes to his ex-boyfriend, Reese, who dumped him for being too self-involved. 
Shy sophomore Elijah Brady is used to being overlooked. Forget not knowing his name, most of his classmates don't even know he exists. So when he joins the stage crew for the musical, he seems destined to blend into the scenery. When the two have a disastrous backstage run-in, Elijah proposes an arrangement that could solve both boys' problems. If Wade teaches Elijah how to be popular, Wade can prove that he cares about more than just himself. Seeing a chance to win Reese back, Wade dives headfirst into Elijah to help him become the new and improved Brady. Soon their plans put Brady center stage, and he's a surprising smash hit. So why is Wade suddenly less worried about winning over his ex, and more worried about losing Elijah? So that is My Fair Brady by Brian D. Kennedy, out January 23rd. Emma, look at your impact. You've got me reading... Like, <laughs> I don't, I still don't know all my tropes, but this is fully that, like, friends to lovers trope, uh, how to, you know, getting too close to one another while they try to win back an ex, solve all their problems. Like, it's it's as tropey as trope can be, uh, but I love, love the sound of it. That sounds great, and I will happily take credit for the rom-com inspired influence, the romance influence. It sounds wonderful. And I do love the play on, you know, My Fair Lady title. Much like you, I have quite a few thrillers this month. January seems to be when they all come running out, and I'm not mad at it. We know it's what we read a lot of. But I am still trying along the path of Fantasy Fall, and my next book falls delightfully into that. I have... Uh, been holding on to my advanced reader copy of this because I've had so many wonderful things to read this year that now that I'm finally close to release date, I guess I'll crack open the early one. But this is So Let Them Burn by Camila Cole. This is the start of the Divine Traitors series. This will be out on January 16th. It's whip-smart and immersive. It's a Jamaican-inspired fantasy that follows a God's-blessed heroine who's forced to choose between saving her sister or protecting her homeland, uh, listed as perfect for fans of Iron Widow and the Priory of the Orange Tree. Farron Vincent can channel the power of the gods. Five years ago, she used her divine magic to liberate her island from its enemies, the dragon-riding Langley Empire. But now, at 17, Farron is all powered up with no wars to fight. She's a legend to her people and a nuisance to her neighbors. When she's forced to attend an international peace summit, Farron expects that she will perform tricks like a trained pent and then go home. She doesn't expect her older sister, Alara, forming an unprecedented bond with an enemy dragon, or the gods claiming the only way to break the bond is to kill her sister. As Farron's desperation to find another solution takes her down a dark path, and Alara discovers the shocking secrets at the heart of the Langley Empire, Both must make difficult choices that will shape each other's lives as well as the fate of their world. By turns hopeful and devastating, So Let Them Burn is a masterful debut with a blazing heart. So that is So Let Them Burn by Camila Cole out January 16. Yes, this cover is so good. I love the sort of like watercolor. The watercolor, but the fact that it's like pinks and like the swirling that makes you think of like water, but also memories and air. Yeah, the and the dragons. Tiny dragons, yeah. So good. I feel like the YA fantasy space is really doing some cool artistic covers like this, and I like to see it. They're really stepping up the cover game. Yeah, I agree. And another book to continue the YA train is The Breakup Tour 
This comes out January 23rd by Emily Wibberley and Austin Sigmund Brooka, writing duo. And this just looks so good. Uh, so this uh, Riley Wynn went from promising singer songwriter to superstar overnight, thanks to her breakup song concept album and its unforgettable lead single. Hmm. That's all I'll say. When Riley's ex-husband claims the hit song is about him, she does something she hasn't in 10 years and calls Max Harcourt, her college boyfriend, and the real inspiration for the song of the summer. Max hasn't spoken to Riley since their relationship ended. He's content with managing the retirement home his family owns, but it's not the life filled with music he dreamed of. When Riley asks him to go public as her songwriting muse, he agrees on one condition – He'll join her band on tour. As they perform across the country, Max and Riley start to realize that while they hit some wrong notes in the past, their future could hold incredible things, and their rekindled relationship will either last forever or go down in flames. So second chance romance. Yep. I do actually really like the, the trope, I guess is what I'll call it of the one person is like a celebrity, a musician, a movie star, whatever, and then you have this sort of normal. Uh, I do love that sort of pairing because you really have to contend with entirely different worlds and elements and challenges that sort of put them in these situations that are just a little bit more fun than real life. But that's the breakup tour, and that comes out January 23rd. And the cover. clear it's so cute. Clear, yeah. swifty inspiration. Even that final line yeah. of the description. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That sounds like fun. My next title, also out on January 16th, is The Night of the Storm by Nishida Parekh. This is a debut title. It's a fresh take on the classic locked room thriller, which I adore. I love a locked room thriller. Uh, And it's about a multi-generational Indian-American family marooned in a house with, with a murderer during Hurricane Harvey. Hurricane Harvey is about to hit Houston. Wow, they're starting me off with like tongue twisters and riddles. Hurricane Harvey is about to hit Houston. Meanwhile, single mom Gia Shah is already having a rough week. Her 12-year-old son, Ishan, has just been suspended from school for getting in a fight. Still reeling from the fallout of her divorce, their move to Houston, her family's disapproval, the struggle to make ends meet on her own, now Gia is also worried about his future, too. Will her solo parenting be enough? Doesn't a boy need a father? And now their apartment complex is under a mandatory evacuation order. Gia's sister, Seema, has invited them to hunker down in her fancy house in Sugarland. And despite Gia's misgivings, Seema's husband, Vipul, has been just a little too friendly with her lately. Gia concedes it's probably the best place to keep Ishan safe during the hurricane. With Gia's philandering ex scrutinizing her every move, all too eager to snatch back custody of Ishan, she can't afford to make a mistake. When Vipul's brother and his wife show up on Seema's doorstep too, it's a recipe for disaster. Grandma, the family matriarch, has never been shy about playing favorites among her sons and their wives. As the storm escalates, tensions rise quickly, and soon someone's dead. Was it a horrible accident, or is there a murderer in their midst? With no help available until the floodwaters recede in the morning, Gia must protect her son and identify the culprit before she goes down for a crime she didn't commit or becomes the next victim. So that is The Night of the Storm by Nishida Parekh. 
out January 16th. I am so into the sound of this. Like a family like a family drama locked room mystery, here for it. That ticks all the boxes for sure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor. And every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food. Whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. Speaking of books that are very intriguing and compelling, and ones that have been on my radar, this has been on my radar for quite some time. I am really excited to see its release in January and be able to read it because I don't have much to go off of here and I'm already hooked. But my next book is Come and Get It by Kylie Reed. This is out January 30th. So she is the New York Times bestselling author of Such a Fun Age. This is a fresh and provocative story about a residential assistant and her messy entanglement with a professor and three unruly students. So it's 2017 at the University of Arkansas. Millie Cousins is a senior resident assistant. She wants to graduate, get a job, and buy a house. Simple. So when Agatha Paul, a visiting professor and writer, offers Millie an easy yet unusual opportunity, she jumps at the chance. But Millie's starry-eyed hustle becomes jeopardized by odd new friends, vengeful dorm pranks, and illicit intrigue. A fresh and intimate portrait of desire, consumption, and reckless abandon, Come and Get It is a tension-filled story about money, indiscretion, and bad behavior. And this is the highly anticipated new novel by this author, Kylie Reed. I cannot wait. The... I'm like, sorry, not sorry. The cover of this is also really interesting to me because we don't know much about the book just based off the description. The cover is very bright green, the US cover at least, very bright green. We have poppy yellow, like typography. And then there's like an illustrated pig on the cover. So I'm really interested to see sort of how all of this comes together. This has been one of my sort of books to watch for a while now, and I'm excited for this release. So Come and Get It by Kylie Reed out January 30th. Fantastic. Just, oh, just good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds good. Right. Like, what is the illicit, what are the illicit things? What lines are we crossing? So I can't wait to read this one. Uh, if you liked A Flicker in the Dark, here is a new title from Stacy Willingham, Only If You're Lucky. This will be out January 16th. That seems to be the big day on my list. It's a sharp and twisty exploration of female friendship from the New York Times bestselling author of A Flicker in the Dark and All the Dangerous Things. 
Lucy Sharp is larger than life, magnetic, addictive, bold, and dangerous, especially for Margot, who meets Lucy at the end of their freshman year at a liberal arts college in South Carolina. Margo is the shy one, the careful one, always the sidekick and never the center of attention. But when Lucy singles her out at the end of the year, a year Margo spent studying and playing it safe, and asks her to room together, something in Margo can't say no. Something daring, or starved, or maybe even curious. And so, Margot finds herself living in an off-campus house with three other girls, Lucy, the ringleader, Sloane, the sarcastic one, and Nicole, the nice one. The three of them opposites, but also deeply intertwined. It's a year that finds Margot finally coming out of the shell that she's been in since the end of high school, when her best friend Eliza died three weeks after graduation. Margot and Lucy have become the closest of friends, but by the middle of their sophomore year, one of the fraternity boys from the house next door has been brutally murdered and Lucy Sharp is missing without a trace. So uh, this is a tantalizing thriller about the nature of friendship and belonging, about loyalty, envy, and betrayal, and of course, another gripping novel from an author quickly becoming the gold standard in psychological suspense. So again, that's Only If You're Lucky by Stacey Willingham, out January 16th. My next pick is One in a Millennial by Kate Kennedy. This is also out on January 23rd. This is an exploration of pop culture, nostalgia, the millennial zeitgeist, and the life lessons learned, for better or for worse, from coming of age as a member of a much maligned generation. So Kate Kennedy, if you are not familiar with her, she is a pop culture commentator, and she has a podcast called Be There in Five. So she's just funny. She does these really introspective deep dives on a lot of different things. She talks a lot about what things are like being a millennial because I feel like for whatever reason, everyone's just really defined by their generation and nothing is unique (laughs) to any millennials, myself included. But this book is part funny, part serious, as Kate navigates the complicated nature of celebrating and criticizing the culture that shaped her as a woman while arguing that great depths can come from surface-level interests. With her trademark style and vulnerability, one in a millennial is sharp, hilarious, and heartwarming all at once. She tackles AOL instant messenger, purity culture, American girl dolls, going out tops, Spice Girl Feminism, Her Feelings About Millennial Motherhood, and more. Kate's laugh-out-loud asides and keen observations will have you nodding your head and maybe even tearing up. So I have listened to and followed Kate Kennedy and her podcast, Be There in Five, for a really long time. So I am very excited and intrigued to read her book about some of all of these things that she has explored on the podcast and more. Again, that is One in a Millennial by Kate Kennedy, out January 23rd. My next pick is Witchcraft, A History in 13 Trials by Marion Gibson. It's a fascinating, vivid global history of witch trials across Europe, Africa, and the Americas told through 13 distinct trials that illuminate the pattern of demonization and conspiratorial thinking that has profoundly shaped human history. We look at the Salem witch trials and some lesser known on Vardo Island, Norway, the 1620s, where an indigenous Sami woman was accused of murder, France in 1731 during the country's last witch trial, where a young woman was pitted against her confessor and cult leader, 
uh, in Pennsylvania in 1929, where a magical healer was labeled a witch, in Lesotho in 1948, where British colonial authorities executed local leaders, exploring how witchcraft became feared, decriminalized, reimagined, and eventually reframed as a gendered persecution, witchcraft takes on the intersections between gender and power, indigenous spirituality and colonial rule, and political conspiracy and individual resistance. This book offers a vivid, compelling, and dramatic story unspooling through centuries about the men and women who were accused, some of whom survived their trials, and some of whom did not. Witchcraft empowers the people who were and are victimized and marginalized, giving a voice to those who are silenced by history. Again, that is Witchcraft, A History in 13 Trials by Marian Gibson. Out January 16th, I'm really excited to pick this one up because I think there there is something to be said about how like we can just say, oh, the Salem Witch Trials and forget that. Like the the last one in the list that I read, 1948. So definitely something to think on. That one sounds fantastic. My next pick is from Dolly Alderton. So this is good material. This comes out on January 30th. So here we have Andy. Andy loves Jen. Jen loved Andy, and he can't work out why she stopped. Now he is, without a home, waiting for his stand-up career to take off, and wondering why everyone else around him seems to have grown up while he wasn't looking. Set adrift on the sea of heartbreak, Andy clings to the idea of solving the puzzle of his ruined relationship. Because if he can find the answer to that, then maybe Jen can find her way back to him. But Andy still has a lot to learn, not least his ex-girlfriend's side of the story. In this sharply funny and exquisitely relatable story of romantic disaster and friendship, Dolly Alderton offers up a love story with two endings, demonstrating once again why she's one of the most exciting writers today and the true voice of a generation. So I love everything that Dolly Alderton writes. I cannot wait for this book. And I am literally sitting here debating which cover I like better, the UK cover or the US cover, but they're so similar, I can't pick. So this is an instance where they're not different enough for me to have a clear favorite, and now I'm debating getting both. But that seems excessive. So When has that ever yeah, stopped you, Emma? I know. <laughs> um, but, but we're trying – 2024, trying uh, to be right. more strategic. Maybe. Probably not. But <laughs> that is Good Material by Dolly Alderton out January 30th. The struggle is so real between do we like the UK cover or the US cover better because it just depends on what your vibe is half the time. (laughs) My next pick is Ghost Roast by Shawnee Gibbs. This is out January 2nd. So finally one that we don't have to wait too, too long for. But this is a graphic novel that delivers a paranormal adventure full of first crushes, lost histories, and the impossible task of fitting in when your dad is a professional ghost hunter. It's a standalone YA title from authors Shawnee and Shawnell Gibbs and artist Emily Cannon. For as long as she can remember, Chelsea Grant has tried everything she can think of to distance herself from the disastrous damage her father does to her social life. It's not easy to shake her reputation as Ghost Girl when Dad keeps advertising his business as a paranormal removal expert in big, bold, loud letters all over New Orleans. This year, Chelsea's all grown up, attending one of the most prestigious high schools in the city, and she's finally made friends with the popular crowd. Things are looking up, 
until a night on the town backfires spectacularly, landing her in hot water at home. Her punishment? Working for her dad at Paranormal Removal Services all summer. Worst of all, her new job reveals an unexpected secret she has to keep. While dad hunts ghosts with his own DIY tech, Chelsea can actually see them. And when she meets Oliver, a friendly spirit, at the fancy mansion her dad is getting a handsome fee to exercise, she realizes she has to save his afterlife, even if it risks everything her father has worked for. So again, that is Ghost Roast by Shawnee and Chanel Gibbs. That is out January 2nd. I love a graphic novel. I love a YA fantasy romance graphic novel when it's this kind of setup so much. It just sounds really, like, just really cute. And removing a a young ghost named Oliver? Okay. Turns out you have secret powers you didn't know? Okay. New Orleans? Okay. (laughs) That sounds really lovely. I just, it sounds really like lovely and sweet and fun. And that energy of like, dad, you're embarrassing me. And then you get in trouble. And it's like, well, your punishment is to be embarrassed full time. Yeah. And oh, this looks so cute. I think I'm going to have to read this, Joe. And I don't, you know, I don't normally read graphic novels, but this is so cute. But yeah, this look I mean, right, I've read a handful over the years, but we may have to add this to the list as well. My next pick is not cute or sweet at all, <laughs> but it's a book that Joe and I both had on our lists and similarly had to argue about, and that is One of the Good Guys by Araminta Hall. But this is from Gillian Flynn's imprint. So this is a propulsive and twisty page turner. So again, the theme of January is page turners. Newly separated from his wife and desperate to escape the ghosts of his failed marriage. (laughs) Jeez, I really just have the same type. I have a type. Um, Cole leaves London for a fresh start in the countryside. (laughs) He accepts a job as a wildlife ranger and settles into his cozy seaside cottage. This literally sounds like my dream. Relishing the respite from the noise, drama, and relentless careerism that curdled his relationship along with his mental health. Then he meets Leonora, the reclusive artist living next door and is instantly charmed by her warm and gentle spirit. But as the two forge a connection on the cliff's edge they call home, two young women activists raising awareness about gendered violence disappear while passing through. Cole and Leonora find themselves in the middle of a police investigation and resulting media firestorm as the world learns of what happened. And as the tension escalates, they quickly realize that they don't know each other that well after all. I will say as well, something else that caught my eye for this title is, of course, the cover and the title. One of the good guys implies that this man is one of the good guys, but when you look at the cover, it's sort of like sliced. The font is sliced and like it's a bit stressful 
where like he looks – again, like appearances can be deceiving. He looks very put together. He's holding a tray with a meal and a glass of wine and a flower and he looks by all intents and purposes very stand-up gentleman. But as we know by books like The Quiet Tenant and literally every other thing, um, appearances can be really deceiving. And so this just – I'm intrigued and creeped out all in the same time. So this is one of the good guys. This is out. I don't think I said, but it's January 9th. My next pick is Cool Food by Robert Downey Jr. and Thomas Costigan. Uh, in Cool Food, celebrated actor and philanthropist Robert Downey Jr. and New York Times bestselling author Thomas Costigan team up to discover how we can erase our carbon footprints one bite at a time. What we eat matters to us and to the planet. Cool food is a game-changing new food category and way of thinking that can help fix the climate. It's an engaging and persuasive book that will show you how to make simple choices starting today in the supermarket, in your kitchen, and in the world to reduce your environmental impact. Hundreds of cool foods exist, but until now have gone largely uncelebrated for their climate-positive powers. Some of these foods may already be on your shelf, and some are just on the horizon, but cool food is much more than just a shopping list. It's a way of life vitally important to our future. So this is packed with eye-opening information, actionable items, and two dozen delicious recipes. It comes alive with engaging storytelling and refreshing humor. Robert and Tom have talked with experts around the globe, from farmers who are pioneering new pathways to more sustainable food, to cutting-edge climate-friendly chefs. In seeking answers to what each of us can do, this intrepid duo discovered the power of ancient grains, revolutionary farming techniques that create more sustainable foods, the unexpected benefit of meal kits, future foods that are made of thin air, delicious and different recipes that do the world good, and much more. What we choose to eat, where we shop, and how we plan our meals are daily choices that can have a wide impact on the world, whether we realize it or not. We have the power with each one of our daily purchases and our individual food habits to encourage a healthier and more sustainable food system for everyone. So yeah, that is Cool Food by Robert Downey Jr. and Thomas Costigan out January 23rd. My next pick is Sugar Baby by Celine St. Clair. So this is a debut from a dazzling new voice. I definitely would watch out for this author. So Sugar Baby follows Agnes, a mixed-raced 21-year-old whose life seems to be heading nowhere. Still living at home, she works as a cleaner and spends all her money in clubs on the weekends, searching for distractions from her mundane life. That is until she meets Emily, the daughter of one of her cleaning clients who lives in London and works as a model and a sugar baby, dating rich older men for money. Emily's life is the escape Agnes has been longing for, extravagant tasting menus, champagne on tap, glamorous hotels with unlimited room service, designer gifts from dates who call her beautiful. But this new lifestyle is the last straw for her religious mother, Constance. Kicked out of her family home, Agnes moves in with Emily and the other sugar babies in their fancy London flat and is drawn deeper and deeper into their world. But these women come from money. They possess a safety net Agnes does not. And as she's thrown from one precarious relationship to the next, a married man who wants to show off the glamorous exotic girl on his arm, a Russian billionaire's wife who makes Agnes central to a sex party in Miami, she finds herself searching for fulfillment just as desperately as she was before. 
a compelling journey of self-discovery that offers sharp commentary on race, beauty, and class, Sugar Baby is an electric, original, spellbinding novel that will keep readers turning the pages until the very end. So again, that is Sugar Baby by Celine St. Clair, and this comes out January 9th. My next pick is The Clinic by Kate Quinn, out January 23rd. Meg works for a casino in LA, catching cheaters and popping a few too many pain pills to cope, following a far different path than her sister Haley, a famous actress. But suddenly reports surface of Haley dying at a remote rehab facility where she had been forced to go to get her addictions under control. There are whispers of suicide, but Meg can't believe it. She decides that the best way to find out what happened to her sister is to check in herself to investigate what really happened from the inside. Battling her own addictions and figuring out the truth will be much more difficult than she imagined, far away from friends, family, and anyone who can help her. Again, that is The Clinic by Kate Quinn, who is the author of Black Widows, and that is out January 23rd. My last pick of January, it comes out on the 2nd, so it comes out uh, at the very beginning of the month, not too long to wait. This is The Immortal Games by Annalise Avery. The blood moon marks the start of the immortal games. The gods of Olympus randomly select humans as their tokens and then gamble with their lives. The stakes are high and survival is unlikely. 17-year-old Ara is seeking revenge on the gods for allowing her sister to die in the games. She's determined to be selected as a token, but when she is, she realizes that it isn't just her life at stake, but also her heart. With the odds stacked against her, it will take an unlikely hero to twist her rage into something much more complicated. Ara is playing in the games of life and death and love. What will she sacrifice? So this is a young adult. We have sci-fi fantasy. We have romance. There are deadly games, revenges on gods. Yeah. So that's The Immortal Games by Annalise Avery out January 2nd. My last pick is one that will tick a box on the PBN 2024 Reading Challenge uh, book in translation. This is What Mother Won't Tell Me by Ivar Leon Menger. This is out January 9th. Sometimes the most dangerous strangers are the ones in the bedroom across the hall. Once upon a time, a young woman named Juno lived in a cabin deep in the woods on a remote island. She had only mother, father, her little brother boy, and a book of fairy tales for company. They lived in constant fear because danger lurked on the other side of the lake, seeking them out, strangers as they called them, who wanted to destroy the family. They lived safely under seven strict commandments, until Juno was spotted by a stranger. In one moment, Juno's world comes crumbling down around her. It's clear the island she calls home is not the safe haven she believed it to be, and that more than a few secrets have been kept from her. Juno doesn't know her parents, she doesn't know herself, but whoever mother and father are, they'll do anything to keep Juno to themselves. It's a taut psychological thriller, perfect for fans of Abigail Dean's Girl A and Adrian McKinty's The Chain. So again, that is What Mother Won't Tell Me by Ivar Leon Menger. Out January 9th. What a January. What a January indeed. We have so many good books we're looking forward to spread out throughout the whole course of the month. 
Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Let us know what you will be picking up in January. Comment it on our social media. We're at ProBookNerds on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that, thanks so much for listening and happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com or in Libby. Our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.